Hey, did you know this podcast has a Patreon? At patreon.com slash scarysundayscaries, you can support the podcast for as little as a dollar and get early access to episodes and join in on community posts with all the other hosts and me. Uh, patreon.com slash scarysundayscaries. Get out there and do it. Thanks. Hold on. All right, so to kick this off, I'm going to do my my impression of Nick Cage's character in oh, this perfect. movie real quick. Yes. You guys ready for this? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. How was that? Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I think you need more of like a lip curl. Yeah. Like that little lip oh, curl he so does. Oh, that's so true. And somehow whole... make your forehead yeah, severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's better. There <laughs> Sunday Scaries. Uh, hey, welcome to Sunday Scaries. It's a podcast about horror movies where each week we take the edge off by doing a deep dive into scary movies. And we try to find connections between that film uh, and other movies within the genre. This is officially the end of our series on psychological horror. And as we've done in the previous couple of runs of episodes, we're closing out with a horror comedy as a sort of palate cleanser. Uh, I'm Travis. I'm Tyler. And this week we're hanging out with Andy again. Hello. And we're talking about an action-packed Nick Cage vehicle with questionable amounts of forced exposition. What did we watch? Willie's Wonderland. Wonderland. <laughs> I highly uh, forgot the name in the movie. Yeah. I was like, what even was, was it? Like, you know? Just... <laughs> Welcome to Willie's Wonderland. Spend the night cleaning Willie's Wonderland, and I will pay to have your car fixed. Deal? You are officially on staff. Let's get the hell out of here. I can't stand to hear a grown man scream. This place has a dark history. I know the bullshit story they told you. It's a lie. You're here to be a human sacrifice. (laughs) Have you been listening to a word I've been saying? I actually hadn't watched the, the trailer. Neither did I. I was kind of like, I mean, because I assumed it was going to be one of those trailers that kind of gives away everything, but mm-hmm. it's surprisingly like restrained for, I mean, I don't yeah. know what else you can say it's, about. Yeah. Like, There's not really too much to give away. Yeah. That's true. It's, it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> no plot twist. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Willie's Wonderland. A quiet drifter is tricked into a janitorial job at the now condemned Willie's Wonderland. The mundane tasks suddenly become an all out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics fists fly kicks land titans clash and only one side will make it out alive it's willie's wonderland was this this was mm-hmm. y'all's first time seeing this too mm-hmm. yes hell yeah did you watch it you said you had a little watch party this weekend yes. how did that go by the way <laughs> i'm curious you had to try to did explain they know it? what they were getting no. into <laughs> explain to your friends like no guys i swear no and i didn't i didn't know anything about it like before yeah. i suggested mm. it to them i was like i wanted to hang out with them and i was like i, I gotta get this movie in before sunday and so yeah we all watched it on friday and we were like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's the only appropriate response i think yeah no it's exactly like i so i i kind of i vaguely knew what was going on in this movie but i had no idea like what sort of like tonal stability would be like carried throughout or mm-hmm. what nick cage would be doing in it this felt like a good sort of like blind like one to go into blind like yeah. and i was mm-hmm. excited of like what it yielded uh in the end yeah um because i was yeah it was your first time watching it too did you make mm-hmm. Courtney watch this with you no <laughs> i watched it while she was at pilates this morning nice oh. so we went very different routes with our sunday morning mm-hmm. yeah one one much more 
I don't know, exciting than the other, I guess, though. Well, Depends both parts racing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of love this movie. I don't know. Like, I have I, I have mixed feelings about it. And I think that, like, the general reception of this movie is mixed as well. But it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a blast. But also yeah. just, like, not super well put together. I don't know. We'll no. get into it. It's, yeah. it's fine. Like, I've watched it two and a half times, I think, <laughs> now in the past, like, a few days. And so it's, like, on a rewatch, I kind of appreciated it more, I think. I was like really forcing myself to get through it the first time, but like mm-hmm. it's it's okay. Um, it does kind of drag yeah. at certain points, but yeah. I think it's all the cleaning scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was way more into the cleaning scenes than I was like the Very exposition ASMR. dumps. Yeah, yeah the exposition some... dumps were pretty brutal. That's when get it gets through. grating. Yeah, yeah those we... monologues are just yeah. like they're just <laughs> oh. made my eyes cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, this is from uh, right. This is from writer uh, G O Parsons, who was originally a playwright. Um, who was having difficulty finding success on stage uh, with his uh, his writing? Uh, he'd been to LA and he was kind of like surfing around, trying to trying to find something to break in. Uh, and this was sort of people. There's a headline calling this his last ditch effort, um, Willie's Wonderland. Uh, so with little experience in screenwriting, Parsons chose the venue and genre for his film based on um, accessibility. So he he admits. A single location film is practical, uh, and horror mm. movies are practical. Um, there's something about this movie that does harken back to sort of like the bones of Grindhouse and B-movie sentiments, because it is a single location. It's one guy, a bunch of like pretty straightforward, you know, violence, and then you have animatronic puppets. Like, there's a lot there, like, on a $5 million, $5.5 million budget, you can, mm. you can achieve a lot, I guess. Um, yeah, with, and with this, a pretty uh, small cast as well. Yeah, exactly. You don't need an expanded character base. Yeah, no. it's almost like one of those. Um, what is it called? Like the the single location episodes of of any uh, like sitcom um, bottle episode, mm-hmm. basically, right? It's like a bottle movie where yeah. like yeah, when you're never leaving this one location, like it, everything's you know pretty straightforward. And then it's just sort of like that. This movie rides on just the action, right? Mm-hmm. Which is satisfying enough. Yeah, like for me. I don't know. And it's also just Nick Cage being Nick Cage, right. which is just an absolute joy. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the Nick Cageiness of this movie mm-hmm. is definitely like what's what's fun and indulgent about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this is perfect for as a timepiece for him, like just mm-hmm. leaning into being Nick Cage as he has in the last like five years or <laughs> yeah. so. You know, between this and um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent yeah. and Mandy and like he kno- he knows now what he's viewed as and he's fine with it. It seems which is great. Yeah, it's like embracing. Yeah. That's something you have to like, I don't know. It it is sort of there we've come full circle on like the postmodernism of like Nick Cage's own self-image and our perception mm-hmm. of him in like the the media and world like he's become like I don't know, he's 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 eternally sort of immortalized in meme culture and then also just in film in media culture and film media as just being an icon of Somebody said like Z level movies where it's, you know, mm-hmm. he's a he's a paycheck actor yes. uh, and you have these paycheck movies mm-hmm. um, that are kicking out. But there's just something about like him embracing that as a as a character and as a human being. Um, yeah, this this is definitely inspired by Mandy. There's big Mandy vibes in this. And I think even the uh, what was it? The costume director or makeup coordinator that was on Mandy uh, is the one who inspired uh, Geo Parsons to like pull into this movie or at least construct it in the way that it is. Oh, OK. I wasn't. Yeah. aware of that i know that kevin lewis who directed it mm-hmm. um he said that he took a lot of like ideas from Pan- panos cosmatos mm-hmm. who made who directed mandy right his earlier films he doesn't directly name mandy 
But after watching this, it's like you took it, some stuff from Mandy too. Yeah, sure. like, it's there's just, no doubt about seeing it. Seeing Nick but... Cage's face like splattered with yes. like not yeah. blood in this case, but like I mean it is <laughs> it's oil gross. for blood. Gross. Oil, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is something like the gore of the robots is is so hilarious to me. I want to talk about each of the of the individual yes. robot executions here mm-hmm. in a minute. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like so like it it is a lot like Mandy or unbearable weight of massive talent, where it's Nick Cage embracing his role as a. <laughs> as an ironic icon of like B movie mm-hmm. sort of stardom because yeah. he, but and it's definitely very like eighties action movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's campy. Like yeah. campy. They basically were like, just do Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> or do you, I mean, and honestly, and I mean, even like I did read something that at the beginning, I think he has like a veteran license plate or, or there's like a military ID. Hanging yeah. He from has like the, tags or something hanging from the rear view. Yeah. Um, the implication like, is that he's yeah, a it's former. like his character from con air like 20 years later yeah but it's also just like it harkens back to the uh the era of like 80s uh action thrillers or 80s horror where kevin williams the uh, director even says he's like it's you know it's killer clowns from outer space mm-hmm. it's ash you know it's the evil dead or the evil dead 2 mm-hmm. it's you know uh they live with you know rowdy rowdy piper and it's that that's what it is it's like this iconic like silly comment like action hero version of a mm-hmm. protagonist going through and experiencing the weird twisted events of a movie um yeah. which th- we i mean grant kramer who was brought on to produce this with nick cage who wanted to be a producer as well was also part of killer clowns in outer space that's right grant that's kramer what connection was. was yeah yeah okay have you seen killer clowns from outer space at the all triple K- it's <laughs> unfortunately the triple k yeah it is what it is but it's it's a it's actually a kind of a banger of an 80s like silly like another b horror slash movie it's it's mm. weirdly gory but it's mm. uh kind of fucking amazing i mean i would um, watch it yeah it it's one fun. it's another one it leans into this where it's just like absurd movies that once you're sort of along for the ride like once you've you've gotten over the hump of the premise and you're just kind of like all right i'll, I'll just take whatever this movie's dishing out to me mm. um it's another one that is sort of just gleeful and in, mm-hmm. in its hilariousness and you just have it. to open yourself up to yeah. it yeah and just, <laughs> just lean in yeah. that's and that's very much what this movie is too mm. yeah um, a meditative experience a meditative yeah, experience. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very kind yeah. <laughs> that's a very thoughtful way of putting it yeah uh, as i was looking through some of the other credits because grant kramer also produced hard bodies okay um which is like 80s Kind of like a cult classic comedy film. Um, I remember seeing growing up a couple times. Um, he also produced Lone Survivor. Interesting. So can you imagine being the executive producer for Lone Survivor? This is super gritty, like based on a true story, military story. And then you go to this. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't know if I would be able to like make yeah. that mental transition he needed a palate but, cleanser too yeah yeah, yeah. maybe he did mm-hmm. this is, and that's the thing is like this that's what's weird about this movie is it seems like a like a button i don't know like a um a, a weird plateau of a career move or just like a weird time for everybody involved in it like kevin williams the director hasn't directed anything since like 2007 mm-hmm. this is the first feature he's directed yeah since the, the aughts and then like and most of them were flops yeah they're like, like pretty bad movies yeah uh not to say that this movie actually you know necessarily performed well or anything but it's kind of like it, it was released direct to streaming so it became you know like video mm-hmm. on demand pretty much immediately after it was yeah. made i mean the timing the covid timing i know mm-hmm. kind of squashed it because yeah. it was an originally october 2020 mm-hmm. was projected release wow. th- theatrical release and that wasn't going to happen right theaters mm-hmm. were still not doing anything right, right. and then um, it rolls around and gets dumped in like may of 2021 or something i think it's february it's february, february right, right, right right okay um and very limited theatrical release. Yeah. So I think it made 
like like four fifty like half a million dollars yeah. basically like so yeah barely like 10 percent of the budget that it took mm-hmm. to make it which is kind of like i don't know there's there's something like oddly magical about like i think what happens whenever you have that that scenario it's it's the opposite problem of like when we're dealing with movies that are very commercially successful right like we had to spend we spent we talked at length uh in the last episode about hereditary and about the implications for movies that perform really well because what ends up happening is like the industry is trying to like take lessons from mm-hmm. from that movie and sometimes they they learn the right lessons people like producers learn the right lessons and sometimes they learn the wrong lessons and that's why we get some of the weird phenomena that happen like in big budget movies but like there's that's something the all the string of marvel movies yeah that we've been exactly. forced to watch yeah or that like everything is a marvel movie now profitable yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> but there's also this other like weird thing where the oddly liberating sort of phenomenon of having a movie that just is a complete like it absolutely gets dumped and like there's nothing financially rewarding about it at all so mm-hmm. there's a freedom in in some ways to like consuming it and then also just perceiving of like what what its effect on other filmmakers is going to be and like pe- the people that make these kinds of movies it's like you know it it becomes much more of like a labor of love or something yeah Maybe exactly that's, is that a little too that's a little too poetic for, <laughs> for this <laughs> I mean, uh, I think it is. but it's true yeah you i don't apply know your own meaning to art yeah Once art right? is out in the world like it's the it's the receivers yeah mm-hmm. which is funny because the uh i was watching like a nick cage he did the uh i think it's like wired or something you know they do the um the, the the cardstock board where they're ripping off you know the questions and mm-hmm. it's a variety or, or the wired or something um but where it's like google searches yeah it's yeah. google searches like what is nick cage is nick cage and some of the questions were about willie's wonderland and one of the questions involved you know asking you know what's the soda right and mm-hmm. i want to talk about that in a minute but he's kind of like he gave that very open-ended you know uh uh like director answer where he's like what whatever your interpretation is that's yeah. your own experience of the movie whatever you get keeps to, you going yeah that's your soda it's yeah, yeah. This, like the lynchian <laughs> like everybody has their own perception and that's the movie for you and yeah. you should keep that and preserve it which is like a very like yeah absolutely but it's also you know like in this kind of movie there's a straightforward yeah, answer exactly probably. um yeah this is interesting like so geo parsons like i said is the he's the writer and the creator of this uh he's not the director but he's the guy who came up with the idea he wrote the script um, with the intention, basically the idea was he, he assumed that he was going to be acting in, doing the camera work, setting up shots. He thought, he, he thought this was going to be a micro budget sort of like self-produced, you know, project that he was going to get into. Um, he ends up submitting it, you know, you, this is the numbers game that you play when you're a writer, I guess, when you're somebody trying to, trying to get something off the ground, you know, with little or no hope of it actually getting produced he sends it out to he says over 300 different you know people film you know casting directors producers other filmmakers and directors and everything um and uh does it he hardly gets any responses uh except for one response he gets uh from a casting director out in la um who says to him hey i think this is a really interesting thing you got here um i think this could be a really awesome movie if you have nick cage attached to it Ooh. which obviously if if you get that email you're like well of course yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. we have that. to we have to do this yeah. Yeah. yeah um but with no conception of, of or any relationship with you know anybody that has anything to do with nick cage or his career or anything he you know this is just a pipe dream but then they say you know hey i'll send it along i know his managers and i know his um you know agents and the people that are working with him so the script gets passed along to nick cage who reads it and then within like a week follows up with uh geo parsons is like hey I, I love this and i want to be in this movie yes. this sounds awesome yeah but it's kind of like that's exactly how you like i feel like you that's would dream I, of, yes. of any project with nick cage yeah. going and that's how exactly how i want <laughs> to think of nick cage in my mind yeah. like oh, that's, that's so i nice. feel like that's the best version of him 
in my brain yeah. is him like getting a letter in the mail or a package in the mail with the script and reading it by himself yeah in his home next just to like passionately his fossilized t-rex head <laughs> yeah. just reading it like yes yes i'll do this yeah here's here's what i wanted to know and it's seeming like okay i wanted to know did the script have no lines for the protagonist already or was it like they couldn't afford for yeah so, to speak or, so you you're know? gonna have to pay me extra if you right. want me to talk. It, it, i thought it was gonna be like at least one line you know i thought at the yeah, end he like was gonna turn to the girl and be like thanks yeah. you know it, yeah. like a duke nukem type yeah, of yeah like. exactly because that's what it is that's the whole point it's yeah. like the roddy piper so thing from they live my first like big note that i wrote was that he's effectively the voiceless protagonist from every like shooter video game you've ever yeah played. he's an action figure oh, he is shit. the he's who you play as in doom mm -hmm. he's duke nukem that but he doesn't talk he's the player that you play in fallout where you never hear their voice mm -hmm. like that's him and then the things that we kept seeing like the soda in my head mm -hmm. this is, i'm like this is all just like a video game aesthetic to me wow it's like you have out. to keep your power bar up drink another yes. soda yeah. he ran like, out of mana yeah, yeah, you you have duct tape in your inventory. Use that to patch your wounds it's now. It's such yeah. a like, video game. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So to answer your question, uh, like we said, so Geo Parsons, the guy who wrote this, right, um, his con his conception of it originally being that he was going to basically fully produce this his on his own, mm. uh, he kind of expected that, you know, without any access to any other actual actors or anything, that he was going to play the, the main role of the janitor. Aww. His note on that, along with similar to his notes on horror being accessible and practical and single location being practical. He says, I didn't want to learn any lines and I didn't want to have to memorize any lines. <laughs> so I didn't write any for the main character. Wow. <laughs> and, it, is, and it worked out. And it, it did. And it works out when you, especially when you interpret it with that, like, you know, not a high level, but it's it, like the, the assessment of this being, it is, yeah, it's a video game and it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome though. And it works yeah. that way. Um, but Nick Cage looks at it and he's like, this is, this would be an amazing exercise. This is a fantastic mm. way for me to flex my skills doing a completely silent yeah, movie. His monstrous acting muscles <laughs> that he has to flex. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's so much of this relies on, like I said, the Nick Cage-iness of it. And it's so fun though. Uh, and they even, at one point they, they press him, you know, Kevin, the director tries to add a note and they say, well, what if we do this? What if we have you, you know, one line, like you said, let's, mm -hmm. let's have you deliver one line, uh, you know, in the climax of the movie, you can improv a few, but Nick Cage is steadfastly say he, he doesn't want to throw any, he's, this is, this is deliberately a choice is to not have any lines in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, it's kind of awesome. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It kind and of I works think that's great. Cause I mean, even if you choose to do one line, right. If that line doesn't land. Like if that scene oh, isn't great, there's a lot writing it on just, that. Just yeah, it will. It kind of ruins it. Yeah, it ruins yeah. the whole point, like the mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, but yeah, and so the like I said, so Nick Cage doesn't, doesn't say a single line behind this movie uh, or in this entire movie, um, and it's it's kind of I don't know. Like you said, he he is a he is the action hero, just the uh, the plain. I mean, he's the Keanu Reeves of this movie. It's yeah, it harkens yeah. back to that, and there's a lot of uh, other sort of he's the john wick yeah like i don't know it, it's awesome um the other note that uh parson says you know at least uh, sort of in the conception of this plot right is that it is uh the twist if you want to call it that um is that when you watch you know a uh, like an ensemble horror movie or a movie where it's it's a monster movie um or a bunch of you know survivors trying to trying to see who will be the last one standing uh, most of the time you have this sort of omnipotent and unbeatable 
you know, force of nature, whether it's Michael Myers or the alien, uh, you know, the xenomorphs from Alien um, or what have you, but in, who are who are put up against these protagonists who, who by, you know, the skin of their teeth managed to make it out alive. The twist in this movie is that it's sort of reversed, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like you have your antagonists and everything who, who seem powerful at first, but then they face off against this protagonist who is just unbeatable like they're just yeah just easily tearing them apart yeah from the get-go too it kind (laughs) of seems like and almost in a way like i don't know it weirdly doesn't seem you know the the problem that would arise from this normally in in any kind of movie like this is that there there would there's no stakes right Mm -hmm. it it doesn't feel like you know the movie is is achieving anything because we don't feel in fear for the characters or anything that's Mm -hmm. happening uh but for some reason i don't know maybe it's because there's nothing else in this movie really holding it together it's like you don't really care about that uh so it it just seems i don't think we really care if cage's character lives or dies because Mm -hmm. there's no exposition about him right right we don't care about he could have died and it still would have been great yeah it's (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about some of the scenes of this movie because yes. it's just hilarious. Uh, like I said, it, it, there is references to uh, Evil Dead and Sam Raimi. The camera work in this is obviously like very Raimi-esque or Edgar Wright styled um, in a hilarious way. I think that's if you're going to do a horror action movie, that's that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first scene of this movie, right, is like the couple getting murdered. Uh, they're they're presumably two of the original sacrifices, mm-hmm. uh, and then it quickly our uh, Nick shows up in his navy blue. It's a Mustang, right? Or was it uh, a Camaro? Camaro okay mm-hmm. yeah Chevy Camaro uh and his tires blow out and he gets picked up by the tow truck driver um that opening scene too like so do you want to talk about this because he's he drinks soda immediately like after mm-hmm. the game starts right essentially like yeah, his as tires soon as his tire up. pops yeah he goes in the trunk and there's a case of punch pop mm-hmm. he has and, I don't I don't remember how much punch pop is in his trunk at the beginning because he goes through a seemingly some, like and some of them are open yeah like it shows like a case but then some have the tab like cracked so yeah I don't how know. many punch pops does he go through throughout the entire movie now here is a drinking game does it take? Yeah. here's a drinking this game this movie is a drinking every game every time <laughs> nick cracks a punch pop you have to crack damn it it's spaced out you would drink i think there's conservatively about like to ruin eight? everybody's dry january are there yeah i know right once as soon as dry january <laughs> is over we're hosting a watch party yeah just for <laughs> willie's wonderland this will be a good drink you, at least stay tuned a drink. For, for a drinking game at texas theater yeah. featuring <laughs> willie's wonderland it's, yeah i think it's conservatively like eight or ten this is not medical advice don't do that <laughs> yeah please no, we don't do endorse that, <laughs> drinking in excess always be responsible <laughs> with your drinking um but mike so my okay as, what, as far as what the punch pop is, I like your idea that it is his uh, his energy refills, mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. he runs out of stamina or whatever. Yeah. Um, it almost seemed like this is such a, a Mandy movie as well. I thought it was the, you know, the um, the otherworldly hell juice from Mandy. Uh-huh. It's some sort of supernatural yeah. thing that's keeping him going. It's like, it's some weird tick that he has where he's constantly refraining back to it and he has to, yeah, he has mm-hmm. to recharge because it's, it's compulsive. Some PTSD thing from his military yeah. past that he has to continuously that's, drink this pop. That's kind of how like it he plays did out, when right? he was standing watch yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ugh. I lean too far into that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's exactly what it would be, though. <laughs> I'm like really psychoanalyzing okay. the janitor character in this movie. Yeah, the, just the janitor. And in, in the notes, I just call him Nick the entire time because yeah, do he too. doesn't have a fucking. And then name. afterwards, mm-hmm. I was like, "What? Did, what?" Did, and I went to the IMDb page, and it says the janitor. Yeah, the janitor. Okay. He is the janitor. But I just call him Nick in all my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he gets picked up by a tow truck driver and taken to the shop and then the mechanic makes a deal with him saying hey uh this is the deal this is the premise of the movie is like basically they're tricking these people into uh service at willie's wonderland um Mm -hmm. by way of spiking their tires and then once they get to the shop they say you know okay we'll replace all your tires do all the work on it um you don't have any cash and we only accept cash the atm is out because we don't have internet here in hayesville Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can go work off your debt over here at this uh, Chuck E. Cheese nightmare yeah. place. Uh, and then in the morning, we'll come pick you up and give you back your car. Uh, so he makes a deal with the uh, the mechanic and the truck driver, uh, who then introduces him to the proprietor of Willy's Wonderland, Tex McAdoo. <laughs> what do, we, what do you think of Tex McAdoo? Name. Yeah, I mean, it's Tex kind of... Tex is like straight out of Fairly Odd Parent. I was yeah. going to say... Yeah, he's yeah. very Cartoon he looks like, Network. Um, Dim, uh, Doug Dimsdale... Oh. Uh, Nickelodeon, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yes, that's it. Dimsdale, yeah. yeah. Owner of the, Doug, the Dimsdale, Dimsdale Dome. Dome. <laughs> yeah, he needs a bigger hat. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. The only thing that's missing from this character is it's just his hat, hat going off screen because it's so tall. Um, there's got to be a fan edit somewhere. Yeah, there's lots of fan art for this movie. I'll show I some can to imagine. you yeah, oh my gosh, uh, afterward. I'm so pumped. I it can't is, wait. It's such a, yeah, it's like I said, I, man, it, I think that's the other Mandy aspect of this movie, too. It's is so kind of hyper like stylized. Yeah, mm. that's like, what it is. Right off the bat, yeah. you're like, okay, this is the vibe for the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, because in those all of those opening sequences, right? Like, I, I guess it's, it's not, you know, we're not doing enough service to it's silly that Nick Cage doesn't have any lines. And of, of course, it's absurd. Um, and it's clearly a gimmick, like right from the get go, because there are situations in which you would, as a normal human being, you would respond with your words to mm-hmm. the people that are talking to you. Uh, but that's why it just gets more and more absurd as the movie carries on. You're like, I hope they ride this out. Mm-hmm. If they, I, I refuse to let anything else happen. Yeah. Uh, Even it, when he like grunted later uh-huh. in the movie, like yell, like I was talking. like, no, it was a little too close. Yeah, You're like, you lose. <laughs> it really, I was like, I feel like he's speaking right now. Like yeah. this is cheating. That yell yeah. could have been perceived as a word. And yes. I cut it. Yeah, because just imagining him having the time of his life trying to convey this performance solely through, like we said in the opening, his intense, you know, facial expressions, Mm. the movement of the subtle movement of his sunglasses and handshakes, Mm. essentially. Uh, Yeah, because it is it is all part of that super hyper stylized aspect of this movie. It's also it's, you know, from from a from a craft standpoint, it's yeah, it is very hyper colored in a way right mm-hmm. where it's very oversaturated very yeah and everything they're using those like spherical lenses where many of the shots um you can tell there's that weird fall off on the edge mm-hmm. of, it's kind of warped mm-hmm. there's the distortion uh but yeah it all works it's like it's like a weird like pov you know video game style mm-hmm. uh, interactions even the even the interactions with the other characters right it's that that sort of npc dialogue that you keep you know getting yeah. with yeah, you're just you sort have of... to like click through this exposition <laughs> <laughs> uh whether it's yeah it's the mechanic because even the dialogue the mechanic delivers it's you know it feels very i mean this movie's mm-hmm. not exactly well written for one thing but right. it's, it's, the dialogue, it's dialogue is awful. it's rough yeah it's, it's pretty tough. There's like, like one character in particular. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like this is a little bit racist, you know? Yeah. Oh, big time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. There's, Bob. there's other Bob. Like, there's other characters on, too. Man. Like, well, they'll 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 show up shortly, and we can we can talk about that for a second because yeah, they there's some problems with some some of the characters in this movie, but we'll we'll give it we'll give it a little leeway. Um, so we meet Liv, who was introduced in the movie in the act of trying to burn down Willy's Wonderland. Um, this is uh, Emily Tasto, I think is her name. Yeah, Tosta, sorry. Emily Tosta. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's sort of like the other, you know, if this were a two-hander, she's the other lead, essentially. Um, she gets picked up in the act of attempting to burn, burn down Willy's Wonderland um, and by the sheriff character who, did you recognize? So the sheriff character is the other kind of standout actual actor in this mm-hmm. movie. It's Beth Grant. Yeah. 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 She's the, uh, the... I had to look up the name to remember, but like she... Her face. You'll see her and you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's the uh, she's Kitty Farmer from Donnie Darko, so mm-hmm. she's the the mom for Sparkle. Oh my god! Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, fucking way! Oh, I have to go back and look at her some more. Yeah, she's I'm knocked been, out. She's paid the rounds for mm-hmm. sure. Holy shit! Yeah, because I, I recognized her and I was like, I know that fucking lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, from the mom, the Sparkle Joy mom, or what is the the dance group in Donnie Darko? Yes. Oh yeah. Mm. Sparkle okay. something. Yeah, you're so right. Um, but she's also in No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, she has a lot of credits. Yeah, she's got. I mean, they all have like a lot of these are TV actors, right? Um, like the actor who plays Tex, uh, Rick Wrights, is in a lot of. Or uh, sorry, um, that's Rick Wrights. Yeah, Rick Wrights. Rick Wrights. Yeah. Um, he's also in No Country for Old Men, and he has a lot of TV credits. He's in like some um, like SVU stuff or some mm-hmm. other cop dramas or something. Um, but yeah, I thought it was funny. They had two different actors from No Country for Old Men that got cast in this. For a second, I wondered mm-hmm. if it was shot in Texas, but it was shot in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, weirdly enough. As a lot of stuff is now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's getting, getting out there in Atlanta and outside of it. Um, yeah, the sheriff picks up Liv, and they take her... She takes her to her trailer park home. Uh, and then there's this moment, like, the first interaction, right, between Liv and Nick Cage. This is one of the other confusing <laughs> aspects of this movie where I'm like, what is this movie trying to say about the relationship between these two? Sometimes weird. Yeah. 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 I was like, surely you can't be implying that there is some sort of romantic chemistry going on here. Yeah. Like, th- that's his daughter. Like, she's like young enough to be his daughter, yeah. essentially. That's uh, how I took it yeah. towards the end, is that, like... Well, I don't want to get into what I start saying. Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I got like a like what? Why she's in that situation? Well, right, it comes up later. Yeah, I got like initially. I got I don't know. The the way I tried to write it out was like a Last of Us, you know, quiet desperado, you know, manly (laughs) man takes the orphan under their wing. Yeah, taking care. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, the the. Well, I guess I did just spoil it. Yeah, but the unwilling (laughs) surrogate dad. Basically, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't watch it already, you should have watched it. Yeah. And also, it's, I don't it's know why you're. You, don't listener. listen to this. Yeah. If you didn't watch it, it's I tell everybody that. Victim blaming. Not a movie that <laughs> suffers from spoiling that much. I feel yeah, like no. it's not ex- like it's pretty telegraphed. What like no, you'll have to sit through the bullshit exposition later, and you'll thank me <laughs> yeah. when you can fast forward through it. Okay, I was, but like, I do feel like it says something that all three of us were like, "What's weird?" You know? Yeah. Like, it really it's, was they, not they just clear. lock eyes, and yeah, all the audio so like cuts out. Yeah. And it's cut back and forth. Yes. And back. Yeah, it's too much. The slack that I was trying to give this movie, because there is so much other stuff that is sort of like the movie making fun of itself in many ways. Uh, And I want to cut the movie the slack that it doesn't take itself too seriously. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's also that like, you know, you force tropes like this in there where it's, you have a female lead and you have a male lead. So they have to like be connecting on some level, whether it's mm-hmm. romantic or not. And it's, so I'm like, all right, what are you, are you just making a joke out of this? Or are you just like, is this movie, is the movie trying to tell me this is actually happening right now? Mm-hmm. And that was the one, that was one of the few things that I was like dreading, dreading yeah. as the plot moved along. And I was like, please don't like yeah. anything but that. Don't make it weird. Yeah. Don't make it, don't make it awkward. Um, I wonder if Gio, when he was writing this, cause he thought he was going to be the lead. Right? right. Maybe he was like, 
I can be the romantic. There interest. might be that might be probably the, the most justified way to look lost at this. The lead to Nick. I bet that's what it was. I bet it was like him being a younger actor, assuming that the female lead was going to be closer approximately oh, to his age. Okay. Mm. There's probably an element of that in there yeah. that got. He'll never though, admit she's it. She's like a teenager. teenager. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. she's like a like, young. These, these they're are like, like young adults. Is that what they're trying to say? Or are they just she like still lives at home like with her a, mom? Well, yeah. her. She her, still is. Yeah. 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 Is it, I guess maybe it's just a situation of you have older actors playing teenagers, right? Where That's kind of what it They're supposed like. to be coded as teenagers. And they're also like very stylized tropes. Of yeah. Like, <laughs> That's true. 60s teenagers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, you've so got true. like your cheerleader and then the like line, the tough guy. Yeah. And then the guy who loves the final girl but doesn't say anything about Like, they're all there. And we've got a few too many of them, though, right? There's, there's yeah, definitely. We don't need them. Lie. When yeah. I was making notes, I kept referring to them as the disposable friends, like who were, who were just. You know that they're going to be yeah. fodder for whatever monster shows up. I had to keep looking later. at the like IMDb page to remember what their names. Even yeah, are. there kept being more of them than I thought too. Like uh-huh. yeah. you get like a couple that are stylized. Oh, yeah. There's enough. like the one like nerdy looking one. <laughs> yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about him, yeah. and then he fucking died, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oops. It took me yeah. two Sorry. watches to remember that he was even there. Uh, <laughs> But I only remember because, yeah, there was the one where they were, they, they're, like, smoking a joint later. And he asks mm. a question that I've never heard anybody ask when they're smoking, like, homegrown weed. They're like, he says, how much THC Jeez. is in this? And I was like, what yeah, a nerd. So what kind of fucking nerd asks how much THC is in this fucking That's why drug? I call it no clue. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they get through the scene where the uh, the, t- the truck driver and Tex uh, McAdoo make the deal with Willie, uh, explaining that if he can spend the night, uh, a single night in... Willie's Wonderland cleaning uh, that he gets his car back and everything. Um, we were talking beforehand, but yeah, you mentioned the the clear parallels between this and Five Nights at Freddy's mm-hmm. uh, video yeah. game turned movie. Mm-hmm. Where, Which, uh, yeah, basically you're trying to escape from a. I haven't ever played it. Oh, you're Me like you're. Oh, okay. My nephew was like obsessed with that for a little. Oh, bit. nice. Yeah, I reads was, the books. And I was stuff. telling Travis before we came in here that my. Like my interaction with that is when I was student teaching in mm. college, which was 2015, and those games started coming out in 14. I was student teaching middle schoolers, and that's all those fuckers wanted to talk yes. about was Five Nights at Freddy's. So I, like, kind of read up a little bit because, like, mm-hmm. then they thought I was like the cool teacher, you know? Yeah. But I never played them. You're not but the the, cool like, teacher. even just looking at like the art from five nights at freddy's you're like yeah that's exactly yeah it is is. yeah but it's like well one i i truly don't understand how you win the game because you're like you're in your security guard and you've got like two doors and the animatronics are moving closer to you and they all have names but they're not like named in the game there's like this Mm. background lore where does it come from who's making it up yeah there's like comic books and stuff yeah well and that that makes sense now but i think even before the books came out there was like I don't know. There was stuff. It was the games confusing. came first, and then yeah. I think they got popular, and people like started doing like fan fiction yes. and, and building upon it more. Yeah. And then the creators like wrote novels, yeah, and made comic and books, it's and now it's stuff. like a whole franchise. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like I feel like this. It's not even limited to you know the current, the most recent decade or whatever. But there's always this history of you know uh, like adult animated characters always being these weird sort of grotesque you know ver- like parody versions mm, of like classic looney versions. tunes yeah yeah uh where there's this sort of uncanny valley level of them being you know a creepier aspect of it but it all it always becomes like a cult phenomenon whether yeah. it's the fucking you know looney tunes like 
you know, Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck with, mm-hmm. you know, gangster chains on, wearing <laughs> sports jerseys, getting spray painted on. Tweety Bird sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it, that's that's the the vibe that this gives me too. Right? It's, it's one of those. But then there's something inherently creepy about yeah animatronic play place yeah robots or something. And so but, I, yeah, I mean it's a shared experience yeah. that we all we all went through mm-hmm. um, in our youth. It's trauma. It's trauma. Right. We're trauma. We all went through that. Right. Right. <laughs> right? You guys went through that. Right. Right. That remember Tommy's birthday party. <laughs> I never. Did you ever go like have a lot of Chuck E. Cheese experiences as a kid? I, All just you need a, is one. You know? Yeah, a handful of birthday parties. <laughs> yeah. There was one in Brookfield, like near where I grew up, and maybe five birthday parties there throughout the years. I didn't. I wonder if I don't know. But, I feel like I only had like one or two, maybe. Like it was a very, very rare. But I experience. stayed very far from the animatronic. Like the room my, with the stage in it. I was I not there for that. Distance from I wanted them, to play yeah. the Jurassic Park game. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason you go to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, what a I fucking... wasn't even going in the ball pit or like no. the climbing. Th- I don't want any of that stuff. No, <laughs> I'm trying to get tickets. I developed my hypochondria at a very young age, and I think there was something innately that I was innately aware of of just how sort of disgusting all of those environments the play were. Places are. Yes. Yeah, as a kid, the ball pit in particular, there's vomit mm. underneath. Yeah, there's vomit. Mm-hmm. There's just yeah. other fluids, yes. mucus. You just see. I mean, you just look at other younger kids, and they're just always sopping wet with some kind of combination. <laughs> Stop you know, it. Gross. <laughs> Like respiratory, yeah, gastric fluids of some sort. Yeah, no, yeah. I I found a corner and I stayed there as a kid. Mm. It wasn't even so much fear of the animatronics; it was just the other children. I think. For mm. me. Yeah, um, definitely scarier. Yeah, <laughs> no, but the big difference, like between Five Nights at Freddy's and this fucking movie, is like Five Nights at Freddy's at least has like a single theme. It's like we right. have five animals. There's like Foxy, Chica, Freddy, and then like the other ones. And then these guys, there's like eight of them, first yeah. of all. And they're all dressed like <laughs> completely different themes. Like we got a sombrero dude. We got a knight. There's a mm. fairy, a, yeah, an a ostrich. Siren. Oh, she's a si- Yeah, I, I Are forgot. Are you sure she has wings? Yeah. but in They the, call her Sarah. I, Siren Sarah. That's right. Because I, I, it took me a second because on the second watch, I read the credit. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, well, she's they, technically. I call, her, oddly I call her the fairy throughout she my She was so sexualized. Yeah. Not the she, only character, but yeah. <laughs> Her more than anyone else. Yeah. Like, not one of those high schoolers. Yeah. Oh, you're right. No, you're yeah. right. And then, so there was an ostrich, and then there was... The alligator. The yeah. chameleon. And then the... Oh. Was it chameleon? And then there was the that one that was one. a... There was that one that was like some kind of alien, and the way it spoke put actual chills up my spine. That was like, the I lizard one. That was, uh, yeah, that tongue. was the lizard. That's yeah. But it doesn't look like a fucking lizard. No, it looks yeah. fucking weird. It I was, was like, the most unsettling. That scene that was one. the most unsettling, <laughs> yes. for sure. Especially since, since it comes in trying to make a bar. Like, it comes in yeah. with the intention of, yes, of tricking. Like a, yeah. like a mystic. Yeah, yeah. Like, trying to, like, propose a riddle for them to get out, almost. Yeah. yeah. It was it was interesting. Um, so, over the, like, after... Uh, Nick makes the deal with the proprietor of uh, mm. of Willy's Wonderland. Uh, he gets to cleaning pretty quickly. Like I honestly, I actually did enjoy the cleaning scenes in this. Uh, there's something, yeah, kind of hilarious and sort Cathartic. of soothing. Yeah, <laughs> to me about even they reveal the kitchen in there, right? Because it's a whole bit where he gets the t-shirt, right? And then by way of sort of a, a weird bastardized orientation video, um, mm. you know, he's introduced to the space and the building and he, he gets, yeah, he gets right down to sweeping and mopping and wiping things off. Um, there's a very like 
Sam Raimi aspect of all of the, the z- like crash zooms and like, you know, quick cuts to him grabbing things. And mm-hmm. um, one note was that the proprietor did tell him to take breaks between his, you know, mm-hmm. while working. And that's also why that's the, another reason that I, I assumed he kept setting his watch not just because he had, you know, a, a compulsion to drink grape soda, but he had to take his government yeah, mandated, yeah, his union <laughs> mandated break. <laughs> uh, yeah, after he gets to cleaning, uh, live in the rest. Live is picked up by the rest of the young adults, the teenagers, I guess, right? Her, uh, who free her from being handcuffed to a radiator? Yeah, mm. she got handcuffed to a radiator and with a bucket placed in front of her in a bag of snacks i guess chips on a table yeah but this is sort of i guess the way that the sheriff character plays this out right is the entire thing is sort of a it's a special event it's like the single night you know occurrence that's why it's Mm. like she her getting locked in the room during the full moon or something essentially um yeah she gets freed by the the hypersexualized character Mm. uh we we have we have kathy kathy uh her boyfriend bobby we have chris who is like the famed love interest of live yeah and then there's two other dudes is jed i don't know is jed the tough guy there's aaron and evan i think are their names jed Jed, i think is the mechanic oh okay See, I'm mixing all the names. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, it's not important. I there's to there's say, the tough like, guy, and then there's like the the nerdy one. Yeah, there's that's the thing is like there are just as many disposable side characters as there are robots, which is mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Like your your analogy of this being a video game just keeps like working more and more because mm. it's just you know it's more levels to play. Yes. Uh, and that's that's the whole purpose of this movie. It has it has more boss much, fights. Yeah. 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 I guess for you, we went directly from Friday the Thirteenth to this movie, right? Which is kind oh, of yeah. it's kind of I awesome. wasn't here for Hereditary. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same function, though, right? Where it's yeah. that's the whole point of Jason Voorhees is just yeah. giving him stuff to kill. And like just, those squads of teens line up, yeah. pretty straight up. Yeah, and that's that's the whole point of the movie is just watching them get picked off one by one, which yeah. is the point of this movie too. But then simultaneously, it's Nick Cage picking off all of the robots one by one, mm-hmm. which is just as much of a joyous experience. So he starts cleaning. Yeah, he starts cleaning. Nick gets to this cleaning Blades Wonderland. He discovers the pinball machine. Uh, his his relationship with this pinball machine yes. is also mm-hmm. pretty romantic throughout as well. He starts off the the way he cleans it, you know, is is the, very erotic. The way he wipes that down, <laughs> yeah, is not the same as he was. Wiping the posters. He, he gives special care time. to this pinball yeah. machine, and his relationship with this machine develops over the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and all the dust also in the movie comes off like a dry erase yeah. thing, mm-hmm. so it's like it comes off so clean. Yeah. Like every, so I guess you're right, Travis. Like I, I did appreciate that it was like satisfying. It was just a lot yeah. of screen time <laughs> for cleaning. Devoted yeah. to him cleaning. Yes. It has to punctuate every murder, right? Yeah. Uh, between that and the, yeah, like I said, the kitchen in this, even when the kitchen popped up, I was it was a little disorganized, but I was like, I've seen dirtier kitchens than that. <laughs> like, it's not that bad. It really wasn't. I was like, you just you know pick pick things up and you know put them in the right spot yeah. and a little bit of degreaser. That thing will be throw some of that shit out. And yeah, good to go. I can't tell you how many times like this goes back to like one of my favorite things to do whenever like we, we were managing like a brewery that had like a kitchen that would you know and the brewery would close at like two a.m. And being able to go into a industrial kitchen at like three o'clock in the morning and make chicken tacos just yeah. randomly, or just make yourself a grilled cheese, yeah, by yourself. Like, All the ingredients are here. I'm just yeah. gonna put some music on and get down. Like there was something weirdly nostalgic about that. Watching this movie in that I'm watching moment. him clean up that kitchen like that. It's really fun yeah. to be alone in a giant building. Sometimes mm. you, you know, even as as much as that is the premise for a horror movie. Uh, there's yeah, it's fun. It's fun to hear echoes and stuff. 
but yeah, in, until it's not. Until it's I not. Agree, until yeah. you get attacked by. You like by... to scare yourself though. That's, that's what I learned true. last night. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like putting. I like being in these kinds of situations. Um, <laughs> like the night that you took an edible and tried to close brain dead. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you happy to be yeah. in an empty building by yourself that night? Travis? It was that was a magical experience too. <laughs> I thought that I was having a telepathic relationship with the <laughs> the people that were drunkenly getting back to their cars at two thirty in the morning after the bars closed. Wow. That 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 brewery had tinted windows, and so you could sit there and I could drink a beer after close. And I had eaten an edible cookie, and I was sitting there watching through the tinted windows as all these like drunk people went back to the parking lot and were getting in their cars and trying to avoid hitting each other. And I just thought that they could see me. I was like, they can. Uh, yeah, it was a weird, a weird they thing. Hear my thoughts. Um, what would have been creepy during the middle of that is if I got attacked by an ostrich puppet. Um, yes. So this is in the trailer. This ostrich puppet. It's also we, like right before this. I just want to point it out. Yeah. There's the very subtle sway when he starts mopping. Yeah. Oh, there's right. There's a shot with the background, and there's like six of them. Six of the animatronic animatronics are on the stage, and I almost didn't catch it, but they move. Like just a little bit, like the arm swings oh, or the head tilts a that. tiny bit. Gross. You don't have to do much, right? Like yeah. to get this uh, to get the show. But it on was the road. just enough that I caught it, and I, I did go back to like make sure I wasn't because I definitely could have just seen that, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of like looks up and then goes back to what he's doing, and then we come to the scene. There is something about the way that he interacts with these robots, even right from the get-go, where it almost seems like he knows what's coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as this ostrich, you know, like, poses up to him he's kind of ready to fuck it up like immediately <laughs> although yeah. that being said i feel like this would be a really fun experience if they yeah. weren't super murderous and you were just going around destroying animatronics it almost seems like that le- that i mean this all leans into the video game metaphor even more right right like he's there on a mission yeah mm. yeah he is there for a reason that was my head he cannon. knows why he's there. Yeah, that was know? my head cannon for this, too, is that he accepts the mission so readily. He kind of is just, like, down for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, Yeah, because he doesn't protest or put up any fight against any of the external forces that face or him. Or he's not, like, even movie. a little bit confused <laughs> no. as to what the fuck is yeah. happening. Or concerned. As soon as he realizes later on, right, he realizes he's locked in when he yeah. tries to take the trash out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, well, I guess I'm locked in here. He says, hell yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they try to like, yeah, because like Liv shows up later and she tries to coax yes. him out and he's just like, <laughs> he just walks away. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks though. Um, hey, it's Travis. Uh, just jumping in here in the middle of the episode to say thank you for listening. And if you guys like what you hear, please feel free to tag us on social media at Scary Sunday Scaries. Uh, it's one of the best things you can do for the podcast. It really helps us get more followers uh, and interact with you guys. So we hope we hear from you guys soon. Thanks. Watching him throw down with these fucking robots, though, is mm-hmm. is such a joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beats the crap out of this mechanical ostrich. The dialogue that comes from these robots, though, is pretty creepy. What does it say? It says, I'm going to like eat your soul or something. I'm going to feast on your face. Yeah. That's what the ostrich Yeah, says. the soul was the second That's animatronic. That's right. But what in the bathroom. Re- really yeah. got me is the ostrich, the way it like posts up to him and he takes the mop and like <laughs> jabs beats it. it and it the way it sort it of wiggles. like ricochets uh-huh. yes, and like reverberates back yeah. to him is really um penile. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's very phallic. <laughs> there's like I mean you could there's a lot of like sexual phallic stuff you can point That's to true, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, not just the robots. Uh 
But yeah, he throws down with the ostrich. Him just he, mercilessly. Yeah. Just he immediately the crap turns his it. mop handle into a weapon. Yeah, just snaps into like it. Brazilian fighting sticks. Yeah. Like with yeah. one move, he's ready to go. He was ready. Yeah, yeah. the judo sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he fucking fatality rips its robotic. That's what spine. I thought too. It was a Mortal Kombat finishing move, yes. dude. Like. Whoosh. <laughs> It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, Ostrich is at the top right now. It's the only kill uh, on our ranking of um, of robot kills. Uh, but yeah, so in the midst of his job, he he murders the ostrich puppet. Uh, meanwhile, at the the sheriff mans the police station overnight with a little extra help from the deputy. Um, and Nick continues con- uh, his job cleaning willies. Uh, he removes all the graffiti from the men's room, uh, and then he faces off with the gorilla robot here in a second. Um, mm. So yeah, this deputy character is pretty disposable too, right? They show up uh, <laughs> randomly, and he's in there with the sheriff, basically to provide an audience for exposition uh, yeah. for her later he's just on. Like a gullible idiot. Yeah. yeah, and he has like this this accent that like is very clearly like put on, and mm-hmm. it goes back and forth. There's something like about the way they do his hair in this that I was like, that could also be Nick Cage, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Two of them. There's like Nick Cage that doesn't talk the real one, and then we got like the clone Nick Cage, the Southern accent who plays mm. the deputy, who's like new, but okay, yeah. sure, and why I, not? I looked that guy up, and he has like pretty much no acting credits. Except for Family Guy and American Dad voice acting. Oh, of course. And I was wow. like, that's, oh my God. So he could do better. That's what we know. He could yeah. do better. Like, he come just on, chose man. not to like, in this movie. This is a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, I respect him. Another better more. version of this movie is just Nick Cage playing every role <gasps> from the deputy mm-hmm. to the sheriff to yes. Tex McAdoo to the mechanic. So it's like to Big, Liv. Ma- it's Big Mama's house. But yeah, <laughs> but Nick Cage. Big Willie's house. <laughs> with that, he's that super sexualized teenager character. <laughs> Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> it's him wearing that like leopard print little top and yeah. the short skirt and everything. And then like he's like walking around and then the scene like making out with himself, like in the same way yeah. of unbearable way to math with talent. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, the, 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 the most, gorilla. yeah, the gorilla, the most cathartic uh, and the most satisfying scene is cleaning off all the graffiti from this men's room, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it goes from graffitied up to spotless clean. Uh, and yeah, the gorilla who can, who can seemingly teleport also, uh, yeah. manages to, yeah, it hides from him in the last stall of the men's room and then he mm-hmm. faces off against it. Um, he yells gorilla greetings. <laughs> I love the one, the lines from these, they all have their own like themed lines. The murder of the gorilla too is man. So of he curb Those... stomps this gorilla. Oh, into shit, the I urinal. In the yeah. urinal. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. He's like. Bite porcelain, you fucker. Yeah. He doesn't say it, but it's like American History X, but on a toilet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Almost imposing lines onto Nick Cage. We know what he's thinking. What he's thinking. That's his internal dialogue. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I think that the the ostrich fatality is cooler than the the gorilla uh, Mm. curb stomp. I don't know. Curb stomp is pretty It's It's more brutal. It's a close second. It's a close second. They're they're neck and neck, but just the image of him (laughs) ripping out that robotic spine, though, is (laughs) oof. Neck and spine, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, so the gang of kid, kids, question mark, shows up to the building with the intention of burning it down. Uh, Liv asserts that they have to rescue Nick before setting fire to the building uh, and goes off to pursue him without the rest of the group. Um, and then so, you know, initiates also the rest of their sort of pointless banter. I could have done without this group of kids, like, c- oh, completely, yeah, right? They, they obviously, they're trying to pad the runtime a little bit. This movie's barely 85. It's 85 minutes long, I think, with credits. And I think mm. so that's like 80 minutes of actual screen time mm. um, without the five minutes of credits. So this is like unnecessary dialogue, but it, it's forced in there. 
um their whole conversation yeah they they like smoke a joint and we get that whole th the like weed conversation uh and then they have to like start the tiff up on the roof later where it's like them arguing about like getting into the situation in the first place they so quickly gloss over like the chris character and his whole like romantic thing with Liv, mm-hmm. and he dies so quickly like doesn't even matter um yeah yeah yeah, they they get rid of him pretty fast, um, but they all end up later in Fall the, through the roof. in the building later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but the beforehand though, Liv's interaction with so we learn it's a siren, but the fairy robot, right? right. So mm-hmm. we get the fairy. She's yeah. she makes her way into the air ducts and then is Gets chased per- by the alligator. Yeah, the gator robot, and then she gets like pursued by the fairy robot and manages to escape. The, some of the only like actually scary moments, like the the design of the fairy robot yes. and its mm-hmm. movement, Very right? Creepy. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's like finale stuff later, like the way its mouth opens up and everything. Yeah, um, it has some of the creepiest, you know, actual sure. moments of the movie, especially yeah. in. And that. I think that's because you see more of like a human move because it's not yeah. a big costume. It's yeah, it's just yeah. a person. So it's a person with a head on. trying yeah. to move like an animatronic, mm-hmm. which is even creepier than yes. just a a robot yeah they do the speed ramping thing earlier to mm-hmm. have her like skitter you know mm-hmm. like, again talk about hereditary <laughs> verbs but it, like yeah it's like skitters up and down the walls mm-hmm. uh in a really creepy way i was like that actually works that's actually a really fun yeah if we i could use more of just like just the fairy and then you know you could get rid of like half of the other characters well, yeah essentially make her not say such sexual stuff like yeah it was weird like mm. she already was scary like it didn't but maybe that was on purpose right? right Like maybe we had to camp it up and so she had to say something like ridiculous otherwise it would have been too much actual horror question mark yeah mm. like does the movie want to be less horror or and more action it's also just like a tonal thing too like it it maintaining it, it does jump back and forth between uh, just sheer camp and then just these moments of horror and I think that the balance that they they were trying to strike there was was achieved uh, mm-hmm. especially peppering in you know the four scenes with the exposition and the dialogue between like the other kids um, it, it all kind of you know like I said of, of from a craft standpoint it seems like that that's the stuff that actually works for this movie um, it's also just funny I think that like the fairy character shows up in this situation and seems way more OP than like later on when Nick manages to destroy it with just the sheer might of his thunder thighs mm-hmm. uh he <laughs> while, while handcuffed yeah <laughs> i forgot about that yeah so mm. awesome uh yeah so she's attacked by the alligator robot uh they end up falling into the roof uh so yeah bobby and kathy go off to have uh they get freaky mm. in the super happy fun room yeah so well, super yeah. happy so live gets Liv then runs into Nick. Right. right into yeah, the she Jenner. gets rescued by him. And then we get that monologue about Willie's history. And yeah. we're led to find out that it was started by a serial killer who employed other creeps and they killed people there. And then when the when they got swatted, when they got raided, they performed a ritual sacrifice <laughs> and transferred their souls into the animatronics. Yeah, it's like a and child's just, play like, thing. Looks at her the whole time she says this, and then like promptly walks away. Yeah. Um, Kathy and Bob want nothing to do with this, so they go fuck in the fun room. Yeah. yeah. The super happy, super fun happy room. fun room. If you're gonna do it in this building, that's that's, that's where, where you're you gonna go. go do it. Yeah. Fair like fair. Like props to them. I yeah. you know you gotta take advantage of the opportunities that you have in life, and they <laughs> they do. Uh, yeah, then that monologue is rough to get through. It's, uh, like, no, I don't think it's, it's obviously, I don't think it's, it's Emily Tosa's fault, but like, yeah, they, she, she really has to, 
I don't know how many takes they did of that monologue, but maybe they should have done more. It's just like one of those things <laughs> where her accent was also coming out like weirdly in that in a way where it's like maybe not her accent, but just like the tone of her voice. Mm. She just like was having, a, I don't know, like it, it was it was it wasn't very consistent. Yeah. Throughout. It's seemed... I don't know if they like cut together a couple takes. of yeah. that Monologue. Because it doesn't seem to like run very smoothly. The reason I th- yeah, that's the reason I think that it was done like they didn't do it enough times because it is mm. just like it's just really thrown together and forced. Um, yeah, and it's a lot to get to get through. Uh, but yeah, they definitely took a note from like Brad Dorif, you know, like Child's Play kind of thing. It's mm. the idea of uh, a satanic ritual in which a bunch of serial killers murder like commit suicide and then they manage to transfer in- their consciousness into a inanimate object can we talk about what the benefit of that would be like why is it good you know yeah why that how about just go somewhere else yeah be alive Mm. but what's going on yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was their only way out and they they, there was some there's some implication like they took joy in being the characters or something is that what it is maybe or like they like willie Mm. really internalized the spirit of the weasel and all he wanted was to become the weasel i guess it's 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 a short it's a short road to immortality too um, because then they become sure. immortal. Yeah. If all you want to do is live forever and kill people, then you know becoming a robot is a way to do it. Mm. Yeah, um, but like, why is it closed down? Like, wouldn't they be able to kill more people if, like, I don't know, I don't know. You know, well, well, in the logic, by the cops, yeah, in right? the logic like, of this movie, they, you know, the the world found out what was happening here, so it's like, also, but how. <laughs> I guess there's like a whole demonology. They were like, how do they know that this specific ritual was designed to, because she kind of yada yadas over that too. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, it turns out it was a satanic ritual meant to convert. Called the like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, like oh, okay. It sounds, it's one of those when things. When did they learn this? Yeah. yeah. This monologue is one of those things where it sounds like a pitch meeting. It sounds mm-hmm. like somebody like pitching a story for a, something that they want to develop. And so it's, yeah, it is, it is kind of rough to get through this and then mm-hmm. the monologue that happens later. Um, but it's fine. It's it's mm, whatever. Sure. Yeah, once once you're past it, it's fine. Mm. Um uh after Nick is told that the animatronics are possessed by the spirits of serial killers, the kids regroup in the main room. Uh so this is where the night robot, you know, swiftly dispenses with another one of the disposable friends. Mm. Mm. Uh, night, nighty night. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> was, was his name Nighty Night? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> was that one of the songs? They they definitely said that phrase came up at right. least once or twice, but I don't know if that character said it yeah because i don't think they show him like explicitly speaking at any point okay it might have been yeah that he's a silent he's a silent murderer uh because some of the songs in this movie are actually kind of awesome like some of the music whoever like did like made wrote and recorded these yeah they they fit the vibe they Mm. do and it does contribute to the yeah the video game action movie aesthetic of it the uh when it's just regular score the mm. the background music is is really i don't know it's really energetic it's got some of that like that uh synthy sort of very driving like 80s synth yeah mm-hmm. no i dig it even the honestly like the the willie's wonderland theme song mm. uh, is kind mm. of awesome it's kind of it's kind of swell. yeah all of it <laughs> yeah i found myself like even the uh the heads shoulders knees and toes like rendition mm-hmm. or like later oh, yeah, on tummies like, and chins yeah <laughs> It's the yeah no, I was I was into it so yeah the yeah. the night robot murders one of the disposable friends mm-hmm. while Nick is on another one of his pinball breaks. Uh, Chris calls the cops. Yeah, <laughs> who hides in the corner and immediately calls the cops. Yeah, he tries, which he has to know that that's Liv's mom, right? Right, she's the one sheriff in town. Yeah, and he kind of, but he assumes that 
you know, it, that's the other thing is like it seems like the the people are on different rule sets, but you would assume that they all know the same things. Uh, weirdly, like they're all there to burn this place down yeah. for the same reason, right? Yeah, and know that Liv's mom knows yeah. what's going on. And yeah. Then, well, like whenever she answers the phone, he like says his full name. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's me. You know, so he yeah. like knows it's her. Also, yeah. yeah she, it's a small town. All yeah. these people know each other for and sure. She attempts not to like deal with it at first and then quickly. Yeah. The, the, for, for no the reason at all. Derpy like, deputy. Literally like, 30 seconds later is just like, all right, let's go rescue them. Yeah. Like, you know, it kind of, it happens super fast. Um, but yeah, they, <laughs> he, he gets murdered, uh, quickly as well by the, or I guess this is, yeah, the, the lizard thing showing yeah. up and being really, really creepy to him. The lizard attempts to entice him by saying that she's different from all of the other monsters yeah. and just wants to escape and pass on. Uh, but then it murders Chris by snapping his neck with, with its tongue, with its, yeah. chameleon tongue. Yeah. I guess it was a chameleon. I thought it was like yeah, a toad. That was kind of an anticlimactic kill yeah, for me. That was a bummer. Especially because I feel like they set up Chris a little bit more as a character. Like not obviously not much, <laughs> but like more than like the nerdy one whose name we- I don't remember. Yeah, you would think that he would have lasted just a little bit longer, yeah, or like to the end or something. Given um, that we know Liv is going to be the final girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the super happy fun room, uh, the alligator robot is is doing a little voyeuring, and <laughs> yes. then eventually <laughs> just lurking, yeah. Um, while uh, Kathy and Bobby are getting it on, let's put on a show for yeah. Me. I Those know, yeah. Odd. She's like trying to be like, hey, something is weird, and yeah. he's like, don't look then, like yeah. or no, what? No, he does Typical say, let's dude. put on a show. He does yeah. say that. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck yeah, like this is this can be over like, pretty quickly you know yeah. that there are killer animatronics in here <laughs> yeah. she's like there's that's something that's the whole lurking. reason you're there yeah <laughs> <laughs> you would assume yeah that's the they, they pretend like they don't know what's going like they why would they up, she says when they walk in there this is where you murder all the children yeah and then they're in two minutes they're fucking yeah they Come have on. to simultaneously be like the tropes of the characters from movies where they, they don't know what's going on. But mm-hmm. then also it's like the entire reason that they're here is to burn the, the building down because mm-hmm. of these living robots. Um, yeah. The alligator kills Bobby pretty quickly, both of them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Nick, Nick had, he, he didn't murder, murder the uh, toad thing yet. He just like fended it off uh, and yeah, rescued Cliff. Back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they they passed. He, he had to take a pinball break too. That's true. Got to got to get your pinball Lots break of in there. Lots clapping too. He like he cheers himself on by doing like a single like clap, like a spin around. Like, yeah, it's the beginning of his dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He's, I he's did read ge- that. Yeah, he did, like improvised his own little pinball dance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's getting That's into great. it at that yeah. point, but he's not even fully invested yet. He hasn't reached his final pinball form. Exactly. Uh, there is the awesome moment though, whenever they like they they narrowly miss the chance to rescue Kathy, um, as she's begging for help against the door, and Nick Cage Bert kicks the door down and does mm-hmm. that cool. This could have been a good three D movie, like the the door like zooms like at the camera, mm-hmm. flies in past slow motion, you. yeah, um, and he goes and like rips out the tongue of the alligator. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. cracks its. Yeah, he does like a King Kong thing at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like up to the T Rex, and then yeah. like reaches in and rips out its tongue or something, or its brain. Yeah, through the back of its head. Yeah, which is cool. Not as cool mm-hmm. as the spine yeah. fatality yeah. as of the ostrich. And not as cool as the gorilla scene. Either. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think we're we're ostrich, then gorilla, then alligator at this point, mm-hmm. as far as like kill rankings go yeah. in quality. And, yeah, and the it's night just getting worse and worse. The night 
he decapitates with oh, its, yeah. with its own sword. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I Which is like to be expected. That's though, better right? than like, the alligator, I think, though, because it just visually yeah. looks cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, ostrich, gorilla, knight, and then alligator, I think, or or how cool those are in order. Um, so he, yeah, he get, that's when he has like the 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 rope, the the tubing thing. Because he doesn't kill it at that point, right? Because he, he he basically does the same thing to the lizard that the lizard did. To, yeah, he to just suffocates cr- it apparently. To Chris. Yes. Yes. Um, but it, I don't think he kills it. Yeah. And at one point he punches out the siren too. But yeah. Because it's, it's the yeah they they got to face off here in a, yeah. in a minute. And then somewhere here we get a cut to exposition mm-hmm. of the cops driving there and explaining the rest of why that place still exists. Yeah, in the midst of driving, like, the deputy and sheriff are driving to Willie's Wonderland to go rescue all the kids, and that is when, yeah, the sheriff delivers the rest of the exposition, which explains that the town, after realizing what happened, uh, first was going to demolish Willie's Wonderland. Uh, mm-hmm. The robots murdered the contractor, so they didn't. They decided not to try again. Yeah, um, and it sounded like, I think they infer that the robots were, like, leaving the Wonderland and going around and just indiscriminately like killing people around the town which that would be a cool movie i yeah. want to see that yeah. Uh, yeah it would be maybe slightly more expensive because you have more than the single location That's i guess true. but that would have been really interesting like i like that what at, to its credit these monologues are really annoying but at least they do show us you know some of yeah. of what they're talking about yeah it could I think been... it kind of makes more sense like in this mythos to have their power like tied to that location though. right like you they know? can't go f- that far from it and yeah. they start to like break down uh, otherwise, they'd just be able to go run rampant mm-hmm. and terrorize. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, like, what are we scared of? Yeah, you know? that's then true. Do so that just don't go fire. near that thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, then just then burn it down. Yeah, Whatever. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. But they can kill people in the town, so they mm-hmm. can go far enough away to like murder the people of Hayesville. Yeah. Um, but the people are so scared of them. Yeah, and don't think that they can properly fight them. Yeah, so they make a a blood pact effectively mm-hmm. to feed them souls. Uh, so that they stop killing their children and they, friends. They go through the quick montage of various victims that they try to, you mm-hmm. know, sacrifice to Willie and his cohorts. And it's, you know, they say we try to pick people that nobody would care about, you know, degenerates. And it's just like two people so making sad. out. It's just I like, started to say, I was like, <laughs> you yeah. don't know, people love them. Or like, like a, she has brains. <laughs> like, leave her alone. A family on a road trip. Yeah. Like, yeah, nobody will miss them. Fucking. <laughs> Yeah, because there's only one, like, there's there's two, like, single dudes, and then there's the couple who are making out, and then it's, yeah, it's a fucking family, and then mm-hmm. that's when it's revealed, too, that uh, it was the family, and yeah. Liv was the child. The surviving orphan. Yeah, she managed to survive, which is also, I don't know, the implications of that are dark and far-reaching and very, very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that this single sheriff, like, the sheriff, she decided to raise, you know, this very... <laughs> You would assume traumatized kid. Yes. Yeah, that uh, she is she's the very reason. very well adjusted. That she's orphaned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stockholm syndrome as yeah. fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah seriously. Like... They, I guess they kind of allude to it later when she says, you don't know what it's like living with her day to day. I don't know. Maybe the implication being that she's also abusive in some way. Maybe there is and some she element. She locked of... her to a radiator. That's true, true. Yeah. yeah. How long yeah. Does that gave her happen? a bucket to is shit this in. Is a regular thing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Um, Get there... out of there, girl. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, the sheriff shows up in the midst of Nick trying to escape with Liv uh, and holds him up with a shotgun. Um, they uh, handcuff Nick with a zip tie and leave him for dead uh, while the deputy goes to take Liv home and the sheriff goes to sit outside and wait for the whole ordeal to be over. Um, this is when Nick it, he manages to kill 
both of the fairy robot and the uh toad robot the, the lizard the yeah. lizard robot yeah it's a fucking mm-hmm. epic scene though him like he, so he scoots backward and him kicking the jukebox to get the head shoulders knees and toes song going mm-hmm. and then he's he says all right it's game time mm-hmm. let's fucking do this but he doesn't say that with his no. forehead yeah he <laughs> says that with his forehead yeah with his eyes yes. he says that um because while he while that's going on, Liv and the deputy drive home, and they're having their whole interaction, and they mm-hmm. run into the turkey thing on the way home. Yeah. Um, right after she convinces him to help. Yeah. As soon as he was like, I'm going to turn around, I knew, like, he's done. That's when he's his done. accent kind of goes back and forth, too. Yeah. Like, he starts playing, like, rough southern cop for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, he gets pulled out of the car and murdered by the turkey. Uh, or is it thing. the turtle? I thought it was a turkey. How can we? How can we? Was that a turtle? With a... With like a it was Latino Tito accent. the turkey. Yeah, yeah it was. You know, was yeah. it a turkey? It was a bird of some kind. I think it was. I yeah, it. yeah. It was, was a turkey a and also a problematic <laughs> caricature of like of a Latin <laughs> <Yeah>. American. <laughs> that part I remember. I think <laughs> yeah. I was too focused on that. I yeah. was like, I don't care what the animal is, I but think, what the fuck? Is yeah. <laughs> like, I think the poster that I saw said Tito, uh, tur- Tito the turkey. Oh, okay. Uh, it might maybe I just heard turtle earlier because it's not like it is kind of like an indiscriminate creature, right? It's all very dark. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, it's a turkey. Yeah, they yeah, and she it it murders the deputy, but then she's able to beat it off uh, with the. Hey now, <laughs> <laughs> whoa! That's the siren. Uh, whoa! Yeah. yeah, it's the siren's job. Um, yeah, she's yeah, she's with she, the shock with, with the, the empty shotgun. Oh, with the empty shotgun. That's yeah. right. She just beats the shit out of it because it steals the bullets, and she's like, "All right, I'll just you know hit you with the shotgun." Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like no mas, por no favor, mas, no mas, por favor. <laughs> As much as, as much as it is a character, it is fucking hilarious watching it. Like, because it's like it's like wide zoomed out yeah. too. Like, whatever they say that, it's uh-huh. just like, oh, wow, so awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, Nick Cage destroys. Like, I love that they just cut back and he's got like the fairy robot and he's just pinned it to the ground and just, manages to just he's sitting on her face. Well, I started to he's see excited. it pans. It pans from her feet and you and see like, him like kicking. Yes, yeah. and then it, it like pans and you see his like him sitting on like his thighs and it's on her face and we're like what's going on all my Mm. whole friends like my two friends and me we were like what is this implying you know (laughs) what are we saying is happening to this fairy i think we were all thinking yeah the same thing also gross happening but um the boys was that season one or season two Oh, a train's girlfriend yeah. kills that guy, right? Claw or uh, yeah. Well, did you ever watch The Boys on I've Amazon seen the Prime? First two seasons. I don't remember a train's girlfriend. I think it was the second she season. Has, was it the second season? It's not the third season. No, it's uh, yeah. It's uh, so like the one with, with the claws. Yeah, and then she, she's like, she's the one who guy. gives the uh, the the v, compound V to A train. That's what gives him addicted okay, to it. Okay, then it's the first season. For yeah, sure. and then yeah. it's uh, one like her landlord shows up and she's gonna like seduce him rather than pay mm. rent. And then she like squashes his head with the power it's, of her thighs. Oh yeah. shit! Oh wow! That, I immediately I forgot about thought that. of that. Yeah. Too. How interesting. Because that's what Nick Cage does with his thighs of steel. He manages mm. to to break the neck of the fairy robot with just the power of. Yeah. He doesn't obliques. quite explode I, her head. Uh, no. But yeah, he doesn't crush her enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he manages to burst out of his zip tied <laughs> arms, and then he then he kills the toad robot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very anticlimactic one. I gotta put the thigh one up above ostrich. I think. No, I don't know, man. Uh, absolutely. I not. think that's no. bad. Because it was unsuccessful. We especially. Oh, okay. Though, you're you right. Know? You're right. Yeah. You're right. Once you know it, it wasn't a kill shot. All right. Yeah. So I put it at three. Yeah. Under gorilla. Under gorilla. Yeah. yeah. So ostrich, gorilla, fairy. Yes. Knight. Then 
alligator and then toad lizard thing mm-hmm. and then the turkey the turkey's the last one yeah, yeah. Okay. and then willie the, the, the last weasel. shot at the end yeah it's tight though yeah it's like pretty the, great when yeah. it explodes mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. uh him decapitating willie too is pretty good mm. Can we talk about how long Willie's neck is? Yeah. Like, I was very confused about what animal it was. Like in the in the picture. <laughs> is like that what a weasel looks like? Yeah. We had to look it up. I'm not joking. We were like, what does a weasel look like? Because this is tripping me out. It's like a giraffe cat mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Which also, it, it raises the question, like, I guess in that kind of costume, like the, the eye hole would be in the mid, like the chest. I guess. Right? Like if you're if you're the the murderer who's wearing the the, the weasel costume, or like through the neck or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why so much? I guess much because neck? yeah, the the old proprietor wore the costume. Yeah. when He killed the families. That was the in the story. They took them to the super happy fun room, and then he For would a wear private the private show. Yeah, which is also God. Everything creepy. about that is so fucking weird and yeah. creepy. Um, ugh. Uh. Yeah, so <laughs> so anyways. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Nick cleans up his mess. I love that like after he murders every single one of the robots, he has to come back and clean up after everything cuz he's already done, he's already cleaned everything. Finish the job. Right? Uh to make sure that everything's clean and cuz yeah, he, he he agreed to this job and he's mm-hmm. going to make sure to see it through. He's good um, ethics. Like he's yeah. a man of mm-hmm. integrity for sure. Uh he agreed to do the job. Mm-hmm. I think this is when he has his extended dance sequence in front of the uh the pinball machine mm-hmm. uh, before facing off with Willie for his final boss battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they, they face off against each other first fist to fist uh, after the sheriff has like brought him back in as a hostage and Willie just like completely disembowels the sheriff and cuts her in half. Yeah. And then and he, that's, Liv has made it back at that point. Too. Yeah. And he's trying and to that's fight where we get that sick ass line. Oh Yeah. <laughs> He's not. I think it's when she's getting carried off. Yeah, they reference mm. Watchmen when she says he's not trapped in here mm. with them. They're trapped in, in here, here with, with him. him. And you're like, fuck yeah, they are. <laughs> God damn it. Mm. Uh, it's like that meme. Call an ambulance, <laughs> but not for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he has a one round against the weasel and then gets fought off and he has to go recharge and get more soda and then he makes mm-hmm. fills a burlap sack the, with the, the soda pinball cans. machine is a save point that's true in the game yeah that's what it is he has mm-hmm. to play he has to save his progress that's before true. the next boss fight yeah and then he he fills the burlap sack with his remaining grape sodas <laughs> and then like he, a bar of soap in a sock yeah like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Then tapes the broom handle back together, but like not like long ways, I just know. like to make it extra thick. That's, and then we had like a whole discussion about it, and I was like, "What is the point of two together?" And they were like, "Strong." Obviously, I'm like, "Strong." Three, <laughs> like, but yeah. three sticks make strong. Two is just mm-hmm. two sticks. I feel also like. you you killed like half of the monsters with the two sticks separate. Like, yeah, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, but it's this is the big boss at this point. True. Now, That's true. something yeah, else. He's gathered enough crafting materials yeah. to make a new weapon <laughs> yes. for the final boss battle. So something else that I like thought about throughout is how the animatronics are literally just standing there on stage until they're Activated. like enlivened. Yeah. yeah. And so like after the first fucking ostrich thing, he kills it and he's like, I know, I'll just wait. You yeah. Know, for the rest of them. <laughs> he likes to let the element of surprise, yeah. you know, really. Because there's no fun if you just go and take them all out immediately. I guess so. Mm-hmm. But that's also very video game-like. Like, you can't... That's like the your main character is, like, running up on the stage and, like, can't go any further. It's right. Like, sorry. You know, you, you don't have points. access to this area <laughs> yeah, yet. Exactly. Like you, Maybe the assumption is... You haven't you gathered tried, the key yeah. to the back room. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as if you go into an area where you're not supposed to be yet and, or, you know, and all the... the 
the enemies are way too strong for you. Yes. Or maybe it's it's like, yeah, he hadn't leveled up enough. Or if he tried to go on stage and fight them all at once, they would all attack him at the same time Ooh, or something. Yeah. Mm. So he had to wait and like lure them out one yeah. by one. Mm. You, you, have have aggro, you have to down. aggro one exactly. enemy at a time Ooh. and yeah. pull them. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. that's so true. He does fight only one enemy at a time and they could just like group kill him. Even when the lizard and the siren are both in the room. Mm-hmm. Like... The it lizard is standing there watching him <laughs> yeah. choke out the siren a with, yeah. with his Not thighs. Not just the alligator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of get it off on it. There's <laughs> yeah. a little sadism. He's like, like I'm going to die here, so I'm just going <laughs> to get this a good show. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see where this goes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dual wielding a burlap sack full of soda cans and a broom handle mop that has been broken in half and taped back together uh, <laughs> with wise. He gets double strength level up and manages to beat the ever-living shit out of Willie the Weasel uh, and then he rips its freaking head off and puts it in a trash bag with all the rest of the uh, animatronics uh, mm-hmm. and then goes outside takes the trash out puts everything in the trash and then mm. fucking Freebird plays yeah well <laughs> he, yeah he waits till the morning till they bring his car back right? daybreak arrives the Freebird asshole mechanic up. shows up and pulls his Chevy into the driveway, does a couple mm-hmm. of donuts for good measure, right. hands off the key to Mr. McAdoo, uh, who is going to add it to his collection of cars of uh, vic- sacrifice victims mm-hmm. of Willy's Wonderland um, until they hear Freebird playing and they realize that Nick Cage has made it throughout the entire night. Uh, he puts all of his, he puts his regular jacket back on. He's gone through what, like four or five t-shirts? Because he changes yeah. t-shirts every it's time. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, and comes outside, he gets his keys back, and they say, that is one badass hombre, because mm-hmm. it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is one badass they are hombre. Right. Yeah. And then they're kind of, they're ready to celebrate, because yeah. the, the d- demonic presence in their town has been dealt with now yeah. for them. The idea, this this last look of yeah of him because so him and Liv right off into the sunset yes. like mm-hmm. he Which they is. share one more extended you know gaze with each other and she hops in the car and luckily like yeah they don't kiss or anything he just gives her a soda yeah like mm-hmm. I said I feel like this might have been a directorial edit as well where you know Kevin Williams said he we have Nick Cage now we're just gonna play this a little different and just have uh-huh. him hand her an energy soda which I think is sufficient that's that's she, adequate, she right? has joined the party yeah in the video game. yeah like, yeah she, she's now. Has entered the game. She's a playable <laughs> character now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of just a co-op game, I guess, yeah. isn't it, between the two of them. Um, while they're sailing off into the sunset, uh, Mr. McAdoo and the mechanic are about to celebrate. They get in the car to go drive off to the bar. Um, but in the rear view mirror, they see the uh, the fairy mm. robot has managed to survive. Uh, she <laughs> yeah, crawls out of the dumpster. <laughs> exactly. And then lights like a Molotov cocktail concoction into the back into of the, the grass Cadillac mm-hmm. and explodes herself and the Cadillac. I started to say, yeah, kills herself, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what was she thinking? What little fairy? Yeah, you could have lived and terrorized. Yeah. She's going yeah. for broke. Yeah. But everybody else, all of her friends are sequel. gone. I think you cut the head of the snake off. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then Willie's gone. So it's just you know, there's no point now. Mm. She's lost the the will to, the live. Will to live. Yeah, Damn, she needed like a women's but conference to like empower her. You know, like she's lost the her affirmations. The HR meeting where it's just her and like the toad monster. And maybe the the is ostrich female as well. Is that how it's coded? Is it? Or is it just the two of them? I don't know. But they. Yeah, I think it's just two. Because I think they reference 
at some point that it's like the same amount of guys and girls as the kids who come in there. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, right, because they say like the two chickens and like the or roosters or something. Four left roosters song. and two hens. Yeah, which that song kind of rips too, honestly. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm kind of into all of the music in you this do movie. Love mm-hmm. that music. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the way out of town, the uh, Turkey Tito uh, character mm. is trying to make it back to Willy's Wonderland, I guess. And so they just plow right through it and mm. burst it into a couple of dozen pieces and his head yeah. rolls onto the ground. And that's the end of the movie. And scene. And yeah. scene. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I would recommend this movie. It's worth, it's, yeah. worth, it's worth one watch at least. Yeah. I am kind of jealous that you got to watch this in like a party experience because I feel like that yeah. is the best way to watch this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, we were like half watching it while doing that puzzle in the living room in there. Oh, I guess Aww. we already put it up al- already. Um, so I had to watch it twice because there was a couple of scenes where I just started like tuning out mostly mm-hmm. the monologues. And so I had to go back and watch for just the visuals. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie. And I think your idea of doing this as a drinking game is fucking genius. And we got to do that at some point. I don't know what kind of holiday this movie would fall on. Maybe for Nick Cage's birthday or something. That would be a good oh, one to tail off with. Such yeah. a great yeah, idea. Yeah. His birthday just passed. It was on January 7th. He just turned 59. Oh. So we have to wait another year? I know, right? That's probably enough time to give this movie to watch it again, though. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anytime <laughs> soon, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Watching it twice in one weekend was enough for me. Uh even I don't know, even for the purposes of a podcast, but mm. it was fun. It was I liked such it. a fever dream. I was a little bit worried that I wasn't gonna know what to say. Like, yeah, mm. I was like, I I did watch it. I promise. <laughs> but what <laughs> happened? You know? And like, yeah, what are we supposed to talk about <laughs> right. besides the kills? Yeah, yeah. Like, the yeah. blood oil. With these, like, yeah, with the horror comedies, I think that's kind of the fun. The thing about them is that that's also sort of like what I think is fun to emphasize whenever we cover a horror comedy is that. Some of them do have deeper themes and stuff to mm. dig into, but yeah, like Ready or Not, yeah, or, yeah, which oh, was I, loved I think Ready or Not. Oh that yeah, was a good one. that was the end of our first season. We did Ready mm. or Not, and we got like way, way, way into we got talking super about class the conscious. Yeah, <laughs> that one was a really good one. Like, it that, is. That's it's a one good of the best. Movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it it holds up. Yeah, Radio Silence is one of the best directing groups. Like they're doing the screen movies actually too. Um, oh. they're pretty awesome. But uh, with movies like this, I think it's also just fun to indulge in the aspect of horror that is so fun about it which is that you can just have campy crappy b movies and horror is always a home for those movies mm-hmm. especially ones like this where this is not an objectively good movie but right. it was it's a joy to watch yeah especially yeah. like i said in those part those you know group settings uh yeah because these Big, movies fun. yeah these mm-hmm. movies make themselves readily available to be made fun of uh and that's what they indulge in and what's so fun about them uh watching nick cage pull like yeah go through an entire movie without delivering a single line mm-hmm. and just delivering intense glares and removing and putting his sunglasses back on and drinking great you know energy soda um what was the name of this of the punch was it power punch it punch, punch pop, pop right? punch pop and it said caffeine for your kisser or something yeah. like that on there nice uh yeah it's a fun movie it was easy yeah. easy one yeah. i had a blast you'll have a blast watching it yeah, yeah. if you don't fuck off yeah. it's a fun movie like come on if you, you don't, also, don't pass the vibe check if you don't have fun yeah. watching this yeah I can understand it does get, become kind of a slog when you get to those monologues but mm-hmm. you know you, the, even those become like so silly by you know halfway through you know the two minute two minutes of them talking when you hear Liv trying to explain the story you can tell she's getting tired of hearing herself talk almost mm-hmm. as she gets to the end of that monologue you're like alright let's just keep going mm-hmm. let's, let's, see, let's see another one of these robots get smashed to bits um 
as far as how this movie was received, uh, it's interesting because, like we said, it didn't have a real box office run. Um, it had a very limited release, which is why it only made barely, you know, like five hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Half a million. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. On a yeah, <laughs> so that's rough. Did not necessarily make its budget back, but it is kind of one of those things where it gets put on to streaming really quickly. Um, it, it gets seems... a second life on streaming for it, sure. Exactly. Because like I don't know anybody who saw it in the theater, but I know a lot of people that have seen it. Mm-hmm. Like. On streaming. Yeah. So I'm sure it's getting at least a good chunk of that budget mm-hmm. money back now. Yeah. This is one of those like sleeper hits that like, yeah, like Barbarian too, that gets mm-hmm. its, its second life once it gets to a, a video on demand or streaming service. Um, critics kind of go back and forth on this. The Roger Ebert review of this is very, very critical. <laughs> it's hilarious. I was like, why did you even review this movie? Who, who, who paid yeah, nobody? Yeah. Did anybody even ask you yeah. to, for your opinion? On it's this? just, it's funny to watch a serious, you know, film critic website to try to like analyze this movie for any kind of i don't know craft criteria or mm-hmm. anything so it gets one it got one star from roger ebert uh which is a rare one i haven't even some of the other movies we covered i've only i've seen as low as like two stars but this one gets a one star for the the plottingness of its uh i like it a little plot. more just yeah because of that i would objectively <laughs> i know right it's almost like a yeah you're like all right give 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 roger roger ebert the business yeah they don't you know they can they can fuck off sometimes um yeah, because I mean, I, I would give I mean, it's like a five out of ten. Like you know, it's it's a middling. Yeah. It's a perfectly yeah. adequate movie that is is all that more enhanced by just the goofiness and funness of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, it's a fun movie to tail off on. Um, yeah, that's Willy Willy's Wonderland. Did you guys watch anything else in recently or see any other movies uh, that you loved or that you hated? Yeah, I saw um, on Monday. I saw Women Talking. Oh, awesome! It was so good. Um, what a beautiful microcosm, like of you know, the horror that women, generally speaking, have to deal with, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, their themes were like domestic violence and assault, and there was trans representation, and there was love, and it. the movie basically is 12 Angry Men, but with women who are like Amish, and it was so good. I loved it. It's based mm-hmm. on the book by yes. Meriwether, uh, wait, I can't remember the name of that author. I don't know the uh, author's name. Yeah, they did it for a Wild Detectives book club like three years ago, I think. Um, and so we read it for that. And it's it's really cool because like the book is also sort of like, it's almost like a platonic dialogue. Like it's mm-hmm. like this, like the way it's written is, is in sort of like an interesting um, like oratory fashion where it, it goes back and forth between the various you know because there's there's the women who are sort of institutionalized right and who are you know committed to staying like in what you know whatever because is, is it the same premise where it's sort of like the um the fundamentalist sort of group who lives in like brazil or something because oh. that's what it's based it's based on like a true story of this like amish or like other group who lived in south america um mm. and then it was as the, like missionaries or no they were like I started to say it's very white is what i'll say yeah they're all mm. white yeah. but they're no that's the thing is like they this is a real life thing where it, it's this like they're middle american um like sort of religious like yeah like amish or like fundamentalists like you know christians who go and live they went to go live in south america to mm. be isolated from also the like Western government inter- inter- yeah interference it's like like a religious freedom thing mm-hmm. um but then you have members of the group who yeah a group of women who decide to go take and then take also you know some of the children with them um uh, to escape this this cult essentially mm-hmm. um but the way yeah the way it's written in that story i remember it being yeah like a really really interesting in-depth dialogue that it like is portrayed in such a way where it's almost it's very theatrical like it's play you know mm-hmm. like it works as like a stage play too i yeah, think yeah mm-hmm. totally yeah it's um, very like one setting like they do most mm-hmm. of the talking in one room mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah 
Yeah, it's a cool story. I I, I, hadn't, I didn't mean to watch that. I haven't seen the the movie yet. I was know. surprised to see Rooney Mara in it. Like I was like, oh, you. I, I haven't seen you. her in, in a lot of yeah. stuff lately. So funny because I just showed my mom like side effects that movie that she was in in like 2010 or something. Oh wow. You know, and it, that's a perfectly fine movie. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That was good. We watched that. I think Courtney and I watched that last year sometime. Oh, yeah. And it reminded me. I was like, oh, Rooney Mara. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, oh, what a joy that you're yeah. here. I love you. I miss you, Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I rewatched Everything Everywhere All at Once Fuck based yeah. on, mm-hmm. yeah, last time. Like, it's just the best movie. Like, mm-hmm. in another life, I would have loved just doing laundry and taxes with you. Like, it makes me, <sighs> mm-hmm. like, want to sob. You yeah. Know? It's so good. You wouldn't Seem- be alone. One of the yeah. most emotional scenes ever. Yes so freaking good mm-hmm. award season's right around the corner we'll see what happens with nominations and stuff after mm. actually after tomorrow is when the nominations get uh, pu- uh posted for mm-hmm. um all of the uh, oscars and everything here next month uh, did you see anything lately that you uh hadn't seen before that you loved or you hated um i finally got around to watching banshees with sharon nice which oh, i, I fucking i knew i was gonna love it because it it's feral and gleason and mm-hmm. i loved in bruges so it was i knew it was gonna be great I absolutely loved it. Um, I'd recommend it to okay. anyone. You should watch. It. I mean, it's on Hulu now. Uh, I think it's on HBO, HBO right now. Yeah, yeah, but it's on one of the big ones. Um, another, I think, like a big another award single contender. setting, oh, yeah. like movie as well. That's just completely dialogue driven for the most part. Um, it's great. Their accents are great. The dynamic between Gleason and Farrell is great. Um, highly recommend it. I also watched. Um, I've probably brought up on here like 10 times that Aubrey Plaza is like my, <laughs> um, she's all my crush. Yeah. yeah. That's like my partner and I, that's my like hall pass or whatever. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I watched Emily, Crim- Emily, the criminal, oh. which is on Netflix. Oh now. yeah. I started that. I hadn't, um, uh, gotten that far into it. It was, I really liked it. Um, very pretty fast paced, almost like has like a, uncut gems like i was anxious throughout like a good chunk yeah of it. Oh, safety brothers kind okay. of thing yeah like yeah. i said like why are you making these decisions why you put yourself in the situation um i think she did a great job you know for somebody that we traditionally think of as just like purely comedic right yeah um again it's on streaming if you have an hour it's right around an hour and a half to kill okay do it uh, yeah sure yeah maybe Hell after yeah. this so i liked both of those i did go and see the whale as well. <gasps> yes. Nice. I'm still trying to figure out. I how want you feel. to. I need to research a little bit more because I want my what I need to know more about before I give my opinion mm. is how much of that movie was Arnowski and how much was right. the play. Right. Because I didn't read the play. Mm, okay. I didn't read the script from the play. I haven't seen the play. What difference would I that want, make for you? There's some Aronofsky is very heavy-handed, yeah. Like in his like symbolism and metaphors. Right, like you watch true. something like Mother, and you're like, "What the yes. fuck are you even saying?" Yeah. And but I'm wondering if it's illusion. Yeah, yeah. If it, if there's some sort of like um, theme throughout that's accessed in the play. Oh, I see. That maybe he's not touching on, or if he took liberties with some things. You didn't that were feel in like the there was a through line. I mean, there was. Okay. But I don't... I want if to know the what the source line. material is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, There's so much you're holding back on, and I like. I just want to know, because I also saw it, and I... I did really I like it. I had many, many feelings. I think that... The, I had a lot of... Fe- well, f- for sure. If you watch that and you don't have feelings, I think we need to have a different <laughs> conversation. Right. 
Um, but definitely like content warning for like disordered eating. Like yeah, I have content to content warning with for just about anything. Yeah, yeah. like you. you if, yeah, suicidal thoughts, like religiosity. True. Like I think the, look into the movie bef- before you just dive into it. Yeah, it could be a and very bad time. For don't you. order food. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, don't don't see it at Alamo and get like. I did literally that's Alamo what I did. And yes. I got a pizza, and then the pizza scene yes. happened. And I was like, oh, I don't want this God pizza anymore. I know I couldn't eat my food. I know it was really rough. But yeah, beautiful, and I I cried the whole theater as it, mm. the the screen went white at the end. Yeah, you can hear everybody just white. sniffling. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. No, same. It was so good. Um. I don't mean to say I didn't like it. I just want to think about it. I know. I believe. I, I believe like, you. Yeah. Critically you just seem cautious, it. and mm-hmm. I'm like, I. Uh, so Roxanne Gay did not love it, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I really respect and fear Roxanne Gay, and I have been putting off reading the review because I loved the movie so much, and I know mm-hmm. that it's problematic, like Brendan Fraser in a fat suit, but also I think it would be kind of problematic to have somebody who actually. You know, yeah. Are you gonna it's find difficult... somebody that like has severe like heart, heart disease, heart failure, yeah. literally, yeah, and then make them play Eat. out their struggle on screen? Yeah. yeah. Like... To me, it it wasn't so much a comment. Like to me personally, and like mm. a lot of the stuff in there, like I related to. Like you know, obesity is like um strong in my family. Like I don't know mm-hmm. how to say that. You know, um. So like it was rough to watch the scenes, but to me, it wasn't a commentary necessarily on fatness. It was like Brendan was Fraser's character. Any was, other vice. He it could was have been hurting any other himself. Yeah, yeah. Like it was very clearly self harm. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. it made those scenes like so hard to watch. Like yeah. that's why I felt like it's easy to see why I could Arnofsky it. latched onto this. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, it could have basically just been Requiem. Yeah. Like it could have been drugs. Yeah. I think that's a big instead comparison. Of, instead yeah. of food. Like it's just a different vice. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And I understand. I think you kind of hit that on the head. There's like the thing that, it is difficult about that and as far as like analyzing it and stuff is trying to dance around the idea of it being received or 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 seeming to to portray um a picture of people who have you know like eating disorders or just difficulty you know uh, or you know any any kind of self-perception issues or you know the idea of like framing weight in that way or, or you know treating these people mm-hmm. as as um sort of a un like unfettered monsters who can't control themselves or something and in, in instances like that which is not necessarily i think what that movie is saying i think right. that movie is is pr- providing a specific example of a particular you know character who is is, is a type of individual who is dealing with a, a very difficult you know um personal vice that they use as a crutch to deal with mm-hmm. you know other emotional problems that they're having um, and you see it within the same movie his ex-wife yeah is an alcoholic right like it's, yeah it could have that could have been him right they just chose different vices yeah that's so true his and daughter like, asking him talk about oh i'm so sorry no you oh, yeah, should they have cast an alcoholic as his ex-wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it, probably yeah. not a great Good thing point. to do either yeah exactly. you know, like, and like I, we, we gotta draw a line somewhere you know mm-hmm. like i understand I yeah that the way that 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 is all shown is yeah we need a content warning and it is gonna be tough for a lot of people to watch mm-hmm. um i don't think that means that it shouldn't have been made yeah, I agree. And generally, I err on the side of like casting the correct people, but I yeah. think this is an outlier where like it. I don't think it would have been co- kind 
You know, yeah. I don't think it would have been kind or good to do. And yeah. typically when we talk about, you know, casting people from communities that are typically underrepresented within, uh, you know, the film industry, um, what that comes from obviously is like, you know, in the history of film and, you know, visual media and stuff, um, the people who work in this industry have largely been, you know, who are famous in it and who succeed the most and get benefit the most or have largely like most things in history in the United States have been, you know, white and male. Um, so that being said, it's like when you're using, when you're portraying certain things in film, um, not only to avoid, you know, portraying other, you know, communities in a negative light, but also to make sure that we provide room for people who have historically not been able to have access or not given, not been given the same level of access to these roles and level uh, access to the same potential for success. Um, that's why it's important to, you know, have, uh, Native American people playing, you know, Native Mm, American roles, or when you have, you know, uh, you know, hearing disabled, unhearing people playing roles mm-hmm. where they're playing, you know, those characters. Those are also traits trans people that, yeah, that, trans roles. that people willingly like want to keep as a part of themselves, right? right? Like that they yeah. are very proud of that trait. Yeah. And that trait does deserve more representation. Not that, not that fatness doesn't, but like, yeah. Like you said, is it, would it be kind yeah. to be like, hey, you weigh 600 pounds? Yeah. Can you be in my movie? Because exactly. we need somebody that weighs 600 pounds and to, is, to has heart failure. Yeah. Like, during the whole movie and to just like fat and we're gonna have, and say you're We're going to have like a 16 year old come yes. in here and just make fun of you for hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it seems not good. Yeah. Be, yeah. Because then we have like, I, I like where um, plus size representation is going in the media. Like, for example, there's this show called um, like In the Dark where have you seen it where it's like this blind Mm -mm. blind main character and then like Mm. the friend is a lesbian and she is overweight and her weight is never addressed Mm -hmm. in the show Mm -hmm. like they never talk about it she is just a person and it's Mm -hmm. like okay cool like we get to we get to experience people as people you know Mm -hmm. and that's good and so it i just don't think this would have been the movie for (laughs) it's one of those things yeah yeah Yeah. it's you know obviously like kind of like a crucial plot point yeah Yeah. in 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 online discourse and stuff obviously like subtlety is something that that's kind of gets lost because you know when we're when we're just sort of like communicating in headlines it's difficult to sort of address these finer points but that's that's a tough thing about you know talking about you know just film media and journalism and criticism and so that's why i only interact through the world through two hour long conversations that you have to listen to so um that if being you, said if you want to if you want to yeah oh, with uh, your consent. yeah right uh that being said the only things i watched recently i watched uh so i, I realized i had never seen those ethan hawk uh the ethan hawk movies the before uh sunrise trilogy right i've never seen it either yeah, yeah. so i watched the first one because really we had cute. a whole conversation yeah. in the group chat about i i shared an article about Ethan Hawke that was being... basically saying we need to come to terms with the fact that Ethan Hawke is the best actor yeah. of his generation. Aww. And based on conversations we've had with other guests on the podcast and stuff, I shared it with a bunch of people yeah. and I was like, what do you guys think? And we, it went, we went down a rabbit hole yeah. for sure. Um, but because of that, yeah, I watched, I watched the first of those and it is sweet. It's kind of like a, and really the first yeah. one particularly it's is, before you know, sunrise before sunset and after midnight yeah after midnight before midnight Mm. maybe yeah Yeah. i haven't Um, actually watched any of them i've just read yeah a lot about them i watched the first one and it is really cute yeah it's it's a great like 90s rom-com it's it's really Mm. sweet i don't know it's sort of like a little time capsule into and also just seeing like young ethan hawk like in that kind of role it's a i don't know it's really cute movie i I like those movies i like that one a lot and i'm excited to watch the other two Mm -hmm. um that was the only one that i watched that was kind of like out of the ordinary this weekend um but other than that i'm yeah obviously excited for last of us uh 
episode two mm-hmm. to drop tonight, so we're going to check that out. Um, but yeah, hey, this is the ep- this is the end of our uh, basically the end of our third series of episodes. We're about to start a couple of mini series. Um, before we crack into that, uh, the, February will be the actual beginning of uh, a proper mini series, um, which will be focused on zombie movies. So we're going to do four movies all through the month of February based on zombie movies, uh, kicking off with Night of the Living Dead. Um, before that happens, uh, a brand new movie by Brandon Cronenberg is dropping this weekend. Uh, it's, oh, that's going to be yeah. oh yeah, Infinity Pool is coming out. So we're going to do an episode on that next week uh, as sort of a little buffer between these two different series. Uh, And then after that, we'll, like I said, we'll crack into a four episode series on zombies and then be doing two other mini series after that, that we'll talk about when we get to them. Um, So we hope you enjoyed the series on psychological horror that tailed off with uh, Willie's Wonderland. Uh, It was really fun. (laughs) That went a completely different direction right at the end here. But again, palate cleanser. Exactly. Palate cleanser. I had, I had a whole (laughs) lot of fun doing it. I think psychological horror was kind of, it was difficult. It was a slog. It is a brutal. Yeah. yeah. We also watched some of the best movies I think we've Mm -hmm. talked about so far, including Hereditary and it's been really, really fun. Um, but I'm excited to get into zombie season. Uh, February is going to be time, the time for zombies, the, the month of zombies for, for us, which I think is going to be really exciting. Uh, so I hope you guys are excited for it too. Hey, uh, this podcast has a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash scary Sunday scaries, you can support the podcast uh, and get early access to episodes and join in on community posts with me and all the other hosts. Uh, we have a Discord server now um, that we we all kind of interact on like regularly. Uh, so if you want to become part of that, just uh, email me at scary Sunday scaries at gmail.com and i'll get you added to it uh you can also follow us on social media at scary sunday scaries where we post lots of other random crap on a day-to-day basis uh if you want to follow mm-hmm. me personally i'm at trav the guy and i'm at ty mance it's t-y-m-a-n-t-z i'm at modus underscore operandi o-p-e-r-a-n-d-i-e-e awesome Two well, uh come back and next week and listen to us talk about infinity pool i'm really excited for this movie i think it's gonna be really fun so have a good yeah, week I'm guys so stoked. i'm <laughs> glad you brought that up <laughs> bye, bye. Hey, it's Travis. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying the episode. And if you guys have any suggestions for movies that you think we should watch or comments about the episodes, please email me at scarysundayscaries at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing back from you guys, and we look forward to it. Thanks. <laughs>